Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports School at Erina. This week, we talk to the incredible statman Andrew Howe, discuss phallus-shaped tifos, and all the usual match previews and reviews. I'm Jimmy, and I'm joined by Josh and Moro. Luke's on holiday being a part-time fan. How are you guys? Hello. Wonderful. You're wonderful? As good as can be expected. I've recovered from the weekend now. Yeah. I recovered straight away. I knew we were going to lose, but we'll get to that. After a certain game in Brisbane, I'm kind of numb to things now. Mm, oh, that, that never happened though, so I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Well, where we've come from in the last year or two, it's hard to have big expectations, so, you know. Yeah. Right, on to the walkout song. Hint is in the band name. Josh is out. No, no idea. Here, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say it relates to phallus-shaped tiffos. That's correct. Why is Some, that? Something to do with head. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what is this band? Uh, not the BJ's. Um, no, uh, the talking BJ's. talking heads. It is talking heads. Mm. There was no talking because you can't talk with your mouthful. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you? What are your We're thoughts back. on this? Okay, so the RBB um, during the Poznan, I think it was, wasn't it? You were down there. Yeah, I think so. I was watching the game and I didn't know what the hell they were doing and I only realised what it was when I went on Twitter and saw a video of it. So they had a, a large cock-shaped bit of fabric. Even painted It was like, like a one. blown up Blown up penis No it wasn't even blown up It was just fabric oh. And they had it going into the mouth Of Graham Arnold It wasn't blown up You mean it was flaccid It was fl- <laughs> Anyway <laughs> So What <laughs> Look at first I laughed at this um, It's come out that People saying it, Look is it homophobic Yeah a little bit I It probably so. is I'm the old bloke, so I have to, you know, be family friendly and all of that sort of thing. So, yep, I get that attitude, but I still laughed. Yeah. You, you can't bad. do that. My bad. I laughed at first, but then I realised what it was. Like, you, you sort of laugh at it at first, but then you sort of come to realise what it means. You're like, uh, yeah, probably yeah, you shouldn't we, laugh. We've come up with all sorts of crazy tiffos and crazy ideas like that and laughed our heads off at it. But never gone through with it because there is a line that you don't cross. Especially when there's kids there. Yeah, the RBB crossed that line. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've been issued a, um, a warning from the FFA. Apparently. Another one. Another one. How I've many have they I've got now? I've heard the Wanderers are going to get a six-figure fine for it as well, which is pretty hefty. Was that six-figure? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Look, there's a... It's a place for these things, and it's not at the game. It's kept in your heads or talked about at the pub. Well, yeah, unless it's an adults-only football match, which, you know. Okay, what what should be the penalty? Uh, Five points deduction. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it six that we need to get in front of? What (laughs) about? Just just like deduct everything, deduct all their points, so we can try and get into the six. Yeah, put them down to zero. Well, yeah. they've got an outstanding fine. Yeah, they've still got all those fines from yeah, the, the flares. They haven't even been enacted yet. No. So they should probably lose 
that amount of money and what, three points. And someone even suggested um, play in front of a closed stadium. What was I think is that the was other that a clothed stadium? Closed. Oh, okay. if it's clothed, they won't turn up. <laughs> what I think is that the uh, the RBB the RBB are all a bunch of cockheads. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> oh yes. And well. then did you see last night they followed it up with uh, putting merch out with the penis going into Arnie's mouth? Really? I made. Sh- uh, it had like a design of shirts, scarfs, water bottles. Because I heard that they had yeah. you know, repudiated that it was uh, offensive and uh, told the FFA what they thought of it. And, and Robbie Slater to go fuck off too. Yeah. I'm so, guys, I'm, I, I apologise if you have kids listening to this as well. And Beep. we tend to swear. Apparently my niece and nephew listened to the last episode and yeah. my sister had to explain what Uncle Phil was doing to the palm tree. <laughs> Settle down, Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, typical, typical bloody soccer people, right. just terrible role models. I think I think where the line was most overstepped is that um, you know they made the mistake, but they haven't acknowledged the mistake, and that's where it really. Well, they don't think it was a mistake. They just all think it's the most hilarious thing in the world, and they don't really get what the significance of it is. Well, have they never heard of perception is reality? Obviously not, because they've just put out. Last night, merch. They've so they're obviously living they live in their rock. own. They live in their own world. Yeah, and seems um, that way. It's time they started paying for it. Anyway, reviews. Um, first game was Adelaide at home against Newcastle. Adelaide winning one nil. I think we all tipped a draw, and um, yeah, Adelaide come up with a win. Can't say I watched the game because I was out doing something else. So you two will have to take over this because I've no idea because I haven't watched the game. But all I know is that Adelaide won. Right. Well. Jets decided to field, what, five or six players that are already on four yellow cards, and three of those picked up yellow cards, so there's three players missing against us. Um, Bugard is a big out for them, I think. He had a, he's been playing well recently. He has. He has. Mm. Um, and they're going to miss him against us, just like we missed Monty in our game. Mm. Um yeah, it was. It was. Not, I was, not I was more really than much happy. happened in this I, game. I thought that to change subjects just for a second. Sorry, I was just going to say. I'm glad that I'm, I was okay with dropping the game against Victory with Monty not out there and Monty coming back with a week off, fresh, ready to go the for Jets. the derby. Yeah, I totally mm. agree with True. that. True. Yep. Anyway. He'll be good for us. But the talking points from this match for me were that the referee let everything go and it was one of the yeah. biggest smash fests that yeah. I've seen in a while. So they smashed the crap I think out this of should each have other. Been it was very free-flowing. There yes. should have been a few more red cards. Yeah. Even the uh, post got in on the action when it tried to take out John Hall. <laughs> I have no idea how he gets up after that. Oof, Never do that I. Man. Well, we, we talked about Izzo um, passing the concussion test. I have no idea how he managed to pass that. Like, he copped that fair in the face. And he didn't even really lay down. He, I don't think that the, the physio came on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he? Because yeah, yeah. he just seemed to jump virtually straight up and no, be no, ready no, for the corner. No, he came on and he was pointing to his nose. And he that, looked like he had a bit of a fat nose at half time. Well, because he did well. Because if I remember rightly, they took the corner and after he and made he the it. save. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> also heard Hull should have been sent off or something. Yeah, there probably should have been. Look, there was tackles were flying in, studs up, late challenges, everything, uh, even handbags. Newcastle getting ready for the derby, obviously. Possibly the worst one was McGree. Uh, who was it on? It was a Jets player, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
quality. I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> no, neither can I. But uh, but yeah, there was some. T- it seemed like in this round there was a bit of a call from somebody to let everything go because there was a lot of smash fests this oh, weekend. Well, soccer fires must have got that call as well. <laughs> got break studs all over my shins. That's every week. Yeah. Anyway, um, first game on Saturday: Wellington Phoenix at home against Melbourne City. City winning that five-one. Smashing. They weren't at home, were they? No. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> no. this in the car on the way to the derby. It was. Uh, Wellington pretty much stuffed the game up by Barbarusis missing that pen, uh, hit the bar with a penalty, and then City scored about two minutes later, and then from then on it was all City. Yeah, it didn't help that pen, did it? it I mean, the, the penalty definitely changed the game, because I think the first, probably what, 20 minutes, Wellington were on top. Can you see Wellington getting the spoon at this rate? Oh, well, they might have to go on a pretty big losing run, I think. Well, I think, well, I think, I think they're, they're more the than capable of doing that. Yeah. On the same points as us. Yeah. I'm just just as long as it, as it's them and not us. I'm fine with it. Yeah, but well, Adelaide are on 14 points, and then we're on, we're on uh, 19 with the Wellington. Yeah. But their goal difference is much better. No, well, they're not negative much. 11. We're negative 15. It is better. But okay, so it's only four. I thought it was a bit bigger. This annihilation, and there's no other word for it other than annihilation, helped us with that. So that was a good thing that came out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, they did actually, they, they got a goal, did they, with 20 minutes to go? And uh, that sort of, you know, gave the illusion that they might get back into the game. But instead, yes. City City's <laughs> down the end and got another couple more. <laughs> yep. They even let uh, that um, whinging bloke, what's his name again? Caceres. Kill Kenny. I oh, even yeah. let him score his first goal, I think, in the A League, if I remember rightly. And uh, that's Caceres also scoring, thing. did he? Yeah. Who? Mm. <laughs> first up, uh, next up, Wanderers at home. Or yeah, yeah, home. it's a home game. Yeah, home um, against Sydney, uh, winning the derby for the first time in what three years? Over three years, definitely a result I didn't see coming. I thought Sydney would win quite comfortably, but. Credit to the Wanderers, not the football team, not their fans. Their fans are all gronks, especially the LBB. But credit to the, the team who sort of... Who, they played pretty well. Sydney were pretty off, though. Sydney didn't really play as well as they could. What did, what did you think? Sand Labs are grub. Yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah. that. Except, you know what I hate about grubs? The finish, and oh, well, the composure well, for the turn finish, and sure. the finish, absolutely superb. And I hate that about grubs like him, and I hate that about Barisha as well. The the goal could have been denied if it was a defender defending the, and in not Bobo. Bobo. Because yeah. Bobo went in, went to ground way too early, and then blocked Wilco getting there in time, and Sandalab had a free shot and scored. He did. But well, I didn't see it your way, Josh. I was thought Sydney like, robbed. Right? Very good. Very, very good. It was it was loud the entire game. So eighty was eighty eight thousand seat stadium. Eighty two. Eighty two now. It was they they announced crowd as forty four thousand, but I don't think it was that many. I think it was probably a bit more. It was probably closer to thirty five, but it was still great atmosphere. I think they've inflated that crowd number because I've seen because I'm also a league fan. If people don't know, and I've been to a lot of league games at ANZ that have been announced as thirty five and have looked more than what were there on Saturday night, but it was still a great atmosphere. Do you think it's a wonder it's making up for last week? Um, yeah, I think so. Only Not a chance. They, they might absolutely uh, robbed. Sydney were absolutely robbed. They were. That that last, was it, the, the penalty in second half stoppage time was a million percent penalty. I don't know how the ref missed it. I'm saying two pens. Because he's an A-league ref. I'm yeah. saying two pens. Some people will say one pen. Definitely one pen. Absolutely 100%. I definitely pen. think the one pen at the end was 100%, but the yeah. other two you could say were sort of 50-50. But 
still they should have got at least one. Agree with that, but uh, in but having said that, I did enjoy the fact that the invin- we don't have to listen to that Invincibles word Agreed. anymore, which Agreed. is uh, good. We're happy with that. That was the only good thing about Wanderers winning is that Sydney can't go um, undefeated this season. Was it just me with the media beating that whole Invincibles thing up more than the the Brisbane run? They were because it was Sydney FC and Arnie's got mates everywhere in the media. Yeah, probably. Especially Fox. Yeah, probably right. I, but I yeah, and Brisbane's streak went over two seasons as well. True, true. So, I yeah, was, I still think Brisbane's streak was obviously a lot better because it was, what, 36, 36 and Sydney's yeah. was at 19. So, yeah. They were a long way from any, not worrying about calling themselves the Invincibles, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Yeah. I, was, um, I thought that uh, the referee really did a number on the competition in this game. He did a number on Sydney's undefeated run. He did a number on the possibility of Melbourne victory being able to chase Sydney down. He did a number on us and others who were fighting for sixth place by letting Western Sydney get three points that I don't think they should have got. So, Beith, I hope you're listening. You had <laughs> uh, you have just influenced the A-League. I think he does listen, actually. Well, had an absolute Chris, shocker. thank you for influencing the A-League. Final game on Saturday, uh, Perth at home against Brisbane, two all draw. Yeah, it's the it's the Perth home game at ten o'clock where no one's really watching. I'll be honest, it? I did not watch this one. <laughs> I watched a bit of it in the car home from the derby. Seriously, triple headers are the only good thing about triple headers is that you can watch a game on the way to the seven thirty game, and then you can watch a game after the game. Watch the third game after the second game coming home. But um, yeah, decent. It was a decent game. Had some goals in it, but. Nothing special. Entertaining, but uh, I'm pretty sure that if we looked at Perth, they've probably got a plus one goal difference because they they haven't thought about defending recently. Yeah, <laughs> they might they might consider starting they, towards the finals. They also let a what was it a 17 year old rookie score against them as well. So hmm. credit to him for scoring the goal, but the, their defence is still pretty dodgy. Go, going forward, they're pretty good, but. They they seem to be a team that focuses more on attacking than defending, and it shows because yeah, like you said, their goal difference is probably about even or plus one or minus one. I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if Jimmy's got the table. I think up in it's front plus one. Uh, Perth. I think yeah. they're on it's the same one. points. Yeah, they've got plus one. So and yeah. they're on the same points as City in what is that uh, fifth place? They've conceded a lot of goals as City, well. Well, City's thirty, uh, Rawls thirty, and Perth are twenty eight. Ah, so it's Braw who are actually on the same place. Yeah, Raw's got a plus two goal difference. Okay, so, yeah, well, Perth. They've conceded, I think, the second most goals as well, because behind us. Unfortunately, us, we've conceded the most goals, I'm pretty sure. I we've conceded right. 38. And they're 37. And Perth are about 36, 37, yeah. yeah. I think so. And uh, they were lucky to get away with this too, because uh, I don't want to refer to the um, player in question, but uh, McLaren should have scored late and uh, would have got the win for Brisbane. And also Perth's first goal was in the lead up to it. The ball was way out over the sideline, over the goal line. I mean, did you yeah. see that? Oh. The byline. The byline. No, that, no, was the, that was the that was the line I was looking for. Yeah, I did see that. Must have been fumbling around on Twitter then. Typical A League refs. Anyway, and it was a foot. Game. It was like a foot over as yeah. well. Yeah. Last game, uh, we're at home against Victory, losing that three 0 Two. Yeah, Victory way too good. Mm. I don't think we played terrible, but we just. We just got beat by think, a really good team. Yeah, they're a good team, and I've said before, the best team to watch. And Absolutely. with that first goal, they showed how well they can pass it. I hate conceding goals, but that first goal was 
beautiful passing and it was a deserved goal. It was, but I didn't think that Storm Roo should have allowed the ball to be played in the first place and I didn't think that Trent should have been ball watching yeah, when Trent, Trent got caught out. Trent got um, caught out for that, was making for the that run. first yeah, goal. Yeah, look, there's reasons out we got caught out that we did wrong, mm. but the passing to make that happen... Oh, great Just work, and, and a beautiful ball from Georgeski as well, and all of those people who think that there was a chance of Borussia being offside, rubbish. He was a metre onside when that ball was kicked. That's the only time that matters. He was behind the ball. We just all we just looks, we just seem slow in midfield for sure, and in transition we're pretty slow, and we got caught out. Troisi robbed McGing of it, and then oh, that finish was superb. And you almost got a one finish. in the first half with the was it upright or the crossbar? It was the post. Yes, post. it was post. it was the it was post and crossbar together. I think and it was like we the let top him run it. and we let him shoot yeah, yeah. and cut inside as um, well. I don't think I've seen the post hit that hard. No. ever. It made a it's, massive thud. It's, <laughs> we'll it's standing sad, right behind it. it it's was sad to see thud. how we, how much we missed Monty. Like, you, Absolutely, you, you glanced at it before, but. To Honestly, like we missed his talking, we missed his tackling, we missed we his didn't tracking. Look, we didn't really look as organised. We missed his with, passing. Without Monty on the field. Yeah, and, and uh, unfortunately, when we're going up against an opposition like them who are top shelf, I, I've started to rate them ahead of Sydney recently. And us. Yeah, well, well <laughs> since they hired, <laughs> since they hired, hired, Josh, extra players. But anyway, no, they've been, uh, you know, when you're playing up against a team like that, we have got to be at our best. And I've got to be honest. We made mistakes and they punished us. Simple well, as that. Was, we've, We've had good wing play. We didn't have that except for maybe a 15-minute period when we well, made Garia good crosses. completely shut out pain. Even I, when I we thought, were playing yeah, well. I thought Garia was very good. Yeah. Trent made some crosses and so did Storm Roo, but no one, there to no one was in the right spot. We so. made a few good overlapping runs on the wing, but there's no one there to tap it in. I don't know what... I think Roy was just a couple of steps behind and Everyone was. Yeah. Everyone was. And uh, the only player that I could say put up his best... Or one of his good games was Posco. Everyone else was... Was was they weren't terrible. Barry wasn't too bad, but he he was gassed in the first half. Yeah, a lot of them mm. were. Fab was gassed at so, some stage second half. Even Stormy when he went off looked gassed. Galloway before that had looked a bit gassed. Everyone looked tired to be honest, and it, it was probably just the amount of pressure that victory put on us. Because in the first yeah. half, they had ten minutes of um, of uh, real pressure on us, and Barisha nearly scored. Because we were chasing the ball, we were chasing the ball yeah, the whole game. Yeah. But we made some good running for fifteen minutes in the first half. Made some crosses, had about six corners, did nothing with them. There are a few times where we got like clear on the wings. We just didn't no have wing clear in the wing. We only ever went Trent, right. right. Trent, yeah. Because Payne was marked out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when Payne went off, Trent went switched inverted. But by then, he, like he, that's his chance to cut in and shoot, which yeah. he loves to do. I spoke to him after the game about it. He loves to do that. But by that time, he was gassed. Like if yeah. it, I would love to see Kane, uh, Payne and, and Trent switch, I'll say, halfway through the first half, mix it up. Speaking of switching... Wings. That's what Rojas and Ingham did in the first half, which I noticed because Rojas started on the right, and then the next time I saw him, he was on the left going up against uh, Rue. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that obviously was one of their tactics that worked. And their other tactic that seemed obvious to me was to not allow either McGing or Berry any time Anytime. on the ball. Yep. So yep. if the ball looked like going to them pair, then they monstered us straight away. And in the second half, they just notched it up a couple of cogs, and we were just. It was so, obvious one of their tactics was pressure midfield with McGing and Berry in there being being inexperienced. And I'm not going to, you know, Jake McGing, not his best game since he went to holding midfield. And Probably the, the worst, oh, it's, it's tough to say worse, but his most average game at 
defensive but, mid. But tw- and twice in this game, he was uh, turned over in a silly spot. But to me, the first time it was a hospital pass from Posco that should never have been played. Then nobody bothered to tell him that he was under pressure, so he turned it Where, over. Where's the good old man on? Yeah, it just didn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I am going to give him his share of the blame, but I also blame his mates for not telling him that he was going to be under pressure. Should he be expecting someone there? He probably should be, but um, he also needs the backup of his advocate. mates. And, yeah, and, you know, someone we, should have told him. We can't hear it in the stand, so maybe for they me, did tell if, him. If, but, if Monty um, has that ball, he doesn't lose it no. for me because he's obviously got that experience and he knows that a player's coming towards him, whereas McGing's inexperienced and probably didn't see Troisi running full ball straight at him. Yeah. But like like we said, Troisi get, got clear, superb finish, punished for mistakes. That's what good sides do to you, and obviously we're not a great side. The three wins in a row was nice, but... Not against victory. Not we. If we play like that, if you play like that against victory, you're not. You're never going to win or draw. You're but, always going to get beat. And like I said, we had to, we had to be at our best, and we just weren't. Nobody was. Even Izzo, who we've been pumping up now for the whole season, I think he kicked it out either twice or three times. We haven't seen that all year long, yeah. and all of a sudden he's kicking the ball out again. And he was, you know, he made the saves that he had to make, but for the. He had no chance on either th- either three of the goals. No, 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 no. He no wasn't chance. at fault for any of those. Especially Troisi's, <laughs> which was up where the spiders live. Oh, no keeper in the world was going to save that. Both times, I watched Troisi run around to the left there and thought he's gone too wide. He can't finish from there. Bang, straight in the far um, netting. And then I watched Barisha do the same thing. Oh, he's gone too wide, can't finish. Bang, straight in the far netting. And it's like, wow, if you can do that. <laughs> that's that's quality finishing. And that's obviously that, that's quality finishing from a quality side and... But That's all you can really say, really, is we just got beat by a, a pretty good football team and we didn't play that well. Silver linings this weekend. It's the derby. Chance for redemption. Important chance for redemption. Absolutely. Hopefully we're fired up by the fact that we, you know, arguably didn't hopefully, turn up as much as we should Hopefully have. good travelling support. I'm not entirely sure what you guys reckon about travelling support. Hopefully as much I, as last time. I, but I spoke to Dan after the know. game. He said there was 30 on the bus. Could have gone up another 10 today. I don't know. Um, I guess I'll text It went up right two now. a minute ago. Yeah, well, you've just booked, haven't you? <laughs> so get on I'll, the party bus, peeps. I'll be a plus one on that. So Woo-hoo. I don't know. What, what, what do you reckon it was about last time? About 150 people in that bay. Mm, don't know. Maybe about around that. 200. Yeah. If we can get between 150 200, that'll be perfect. Mm. Well, that'd be great. You've got free tickets, members. Remember that. And that's that's one of the best things about this season, I think, is that free free entry to the Newcastle away because I've seen a lot of our fans say that's why they went because they had free entry with their membership. Otherwise, they wouldn't have went. Yep. So if you can if you can get up there on Sunday, get there. Right on to Fred's questions. I know we're done things a bit different today, but that's what the way we're doing it. Right in relation to Mike Cockrell's article on Sunday, does it really stop at Mike, not Cockrell, but um, Charlesworth? Is it as easy as throwing money at it, or is it just a matter of people just going to the games with it, that and it will fix itself? Well, one of his primary points, just to, um, you know, for those who haven't read that article, his prim- one of his primary points was that we'll know if, the, if Mike's serious if he re-signs Roy. Well, we've had this conversation, and there is a limit. I want us to re-sign Roy very much but not if uh, someone else offers him minions because we can't afford to do that and keep the likes of Posco, Paul Izzo and other players that we want to keep. And I think that's too important to overlook. So so that was the primary thrust of the argument. There was some other stuff about um, community and uh, working together and management and all that sort of stuff. And I thought that there were some genuine points in that. 
Um, we do need cooperation. All of the parts to Central Coast community need to be invested in uh, this club, the players, the crowd, um, everything, all of the businesses, local community groups, local media, um, CCF, the local association, our councils, local businesses, all fan groups. Have um, you got this written down? On my scrolls. Yeah. Of course I have, <laughs> <laughs> or some of that stuff, because I have always believed that we can make a sustainable business model with crowds averaging 10,000, as long as we everyone's cooperating. I've always heard that 10K is to break even. Yeah, and I think we can do well enough um, with 10K, but only if we're maximising how we operate that stadium, how we're interacting with all of the other groups on the Central Coast, and, and I think this really dovetails straight into the whole... Um, stadium proposal that if we can get something positive to happen out of that we can position ourselves much better to um, uh, run on a model that is uh, a 10,000 average say and and I think we can uh, engage and improve to get back to 10,000 average. The points that Cockrell made about the crowds being down he pointed out that we're down uh, 20,000 20% sorry from the championship year and 30% from no, it was, 08. it was 10. 10% from... No, was, champ- it? Was, was it 10% tw- from championship year and then 20% from 2008? No, I think it was 10 and 20. Uh, sorry, 20 and 30. Oh. Yeah, I must right. have read the article wrong because I thought it said 10 and 20. I thought Jimmy was right there, but um, either way, I... But, okay, sorry, but that's it's not just us. It's no. everyone. You look at the stats for this season... We're just on, we're just um, easy to pick on we're because we're the, we're the small club that has got, I, has apparently got no fans. And I don't get why Mike Cockrell, why Mike Cockrell, is <laughs> likes to give us a serve. I've played because against he's Mike part Cockrell. of the Fox Boy. He's he's the part of the boys' club. That's I've why. played against Mike Cockrell. This is a coastie. He played for Southern twelve years ago when I first started playing over thirty fives. I played against him. Can play by the way. He played in the back four and he's a big guy. He's not easy to handle. Do you handle. know who reminds me of? A big nerd. Beak, uh, Beaker from the Muppets. Oh, I was gonna say sideshow Bob without the hair. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I like but, Aaron's assessment. That is pretty pretty accurate. But he's a coasty and, and he so needs to step on more rakes to maybe maybe if he got more blows to the head from rakes in the head he might talk some more sense. I think he's got the right, you know, um, heart for it. Like I think he's in the, he's coming from the right place. But I, I think it's uh, worth everybody noting that it's well known that the Mike f- Cockrell and Mike Charlesworth don't get along. The thing, very well. the thing that pissed me off though is he's talking about. Oh, an anonymous source said he won't go to games because he thinks Charlesworth's moving the team away. Well. That is that is old as shit news. It is, and uh, I even who's it, like why would you put an anonymous source in that anonymous? I don't source understand. Was a, so- a former Socceroo who's currently a coasty. That and we're all taking bets at that. That narrows things down quite a lot. A former fact. The only thing I can think of is Stojovsky, but I don't think does he, I don't think he still lives here. Not he. Don't think he ever lived here. To be honest, yeah, he lives in Sydney. Yes, um, I put Heffernan um, into the ring. Um, Heffernan <laughs> played for the Socceroos? <laughs> he did, yeah. In really? Indonesia, yeah. Talk about long goes. Yeah, I don't think that he's classified as a Socceroo. I think, I think this Socceroo is around my age, and I think this Socceroo has been around... Jeez, the, he'd be kicking down death's door, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, <laughs> he's not far away, you know. He's certainly... Well, go on. He's in the twilight of his... Stop the suspense. Who are you thinking it is? Life. 
I'm not going to reveal it because he oh, might he might be I'll listening, but I'm going to give enough He's clues. He's not going to be listening. So that people no one can listens to this. Who, who, who is it? Well, my guess... How about you just tell me off air and then I'll tell everyone on air who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, my guess is that he has recently, over the last year or so, he has worked a bit around the Mariners. That narrows it a lot. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but the the thing about what, Mike Ocon? wanting to move the club is crap. Ocon doesn't want to come to our games. Ocon? Because, because Charlesworth might be moving it. Is that what you're talking about? No. That's not, that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Um, and finishing up from Fred. Also, was it just me or was everything off yesterday? So, Sunday. The players, the crowd, the weather, the Yellow Army... Fuck, even the band was pissing me off. <laughs> that was quoting someone, Fred. Was everything off yesterday? The players were a bit off, yes. The crowd was... Well, I thought the crowd was usual. Silent. <laughs> the weather... Yeah, the weather was sucky. At least it didn't pour like it did an hour after yeah. full time. But yes, it got so me that. in the covered areas. Unhappy. Where? Not happy. My oh. prawn sandwich has got soggy. <laughs> You're annoying me. I'm just going to mute you. Turn me off. My, my my pants got the slightest bit of rain on it and I am going to complain to the club and just want my membership in another spot because I'm sick of this. Anyway, um, yeah, the Yellow Army was off. Um, yeah, I think people just didn't give a flying you-know-what, maybe because of the result. Because during the game, well, not, Active didn't really get going until 10 minutes into the game, 15 minutes in the game, really. But that's a separate issue that... Yeah. Well, I guess it is a big issue for us because we're all, well, us, me and Jimmy are part of the Yellow Army. Aaron comes in sometimes, but he's a fa- foundation member, so he knows what he's talking about. Part-time bullshit artist. <laughs> As a season one member, I, I deserve to be listened to. Oh, God. As a foundation member, Spare I me. would like to know where my merchandise is. Mike, is this your fault? I am actually still waiting for my badge, <laughs> But the if you don't know what I'm talking about, at the Mariners Forum, there was a uh, bloke... He might be listening. Anyway, I'm going to... My answer to Fred's <sighs> question? Yes. I don't like being cut off. Yes, Fred. Really? Oh, look out. He's storming out. Right. The, Kyle the, okay, the situation with... Oh, don't compare me to Kyle Sandalands. <laughs> He's a prick. <laughs> the situation with the band, right? Uh, David, one of you two want to get in before I start talking? Nope, you know well, you know I'll, it all. I'll, I I'll give the outsider's perception that I was taken aback when I f- saw that the band was playing in the, s- the side stands over the top of chants that the active section were doing. Okay. I don't like that. I was a fan that they weren't in the bay and weren't overtaking active. <laughs> so they still did it when they weren't even in the bay. Well done, mate. Right. A few years ago... Uh, we were told by the club um, that Charlesworth was looking at Get getting your popcorn out. a band involved. So a uh, few of us went up to Gossip Brass Band Hall, which is up near the tennis courts, near the golf club. And we met with um, Darren and a few of the band members there and we talked to them about getting some stuff sorted. So we loved the idea. Then they came in. Now, Maura, don't fall asleep, mate. When it first started, it was brilliant, okay? They had some of the best musicians in Australia. They had one or two drums with them, um, and every single week it was the same players. Unfortunately, in the last year or so, 
um, this is nothing to do with us, but their their group has split into a touring um, professional competition band. And as I was told by someone, a crap band. I, it's not my words, but they, they were words told to me. So you have a professional band splitting from um, other band that not as good. Okay, we lost all those good musicians. Um, some of them still show up from time to time, but not every week. And now we're left with all these other musicians. Now they're not the same players every week, so you lose that um, continuity. You lose that famili- familiarity, and the amount of drums that started coming into the bay was just obscene. Like, there was one game there, we had six drums. And when they can't keep time to the, the people in the bay, we have a massive problem because it, the chance to speed up um, and it, it just can't work. And also, what used to happen when that first started, the band would play when the vocals weren't happening. So you were talking about the melodic parts of the chants, such as Tetris or another song we do with a vocal bit and then it's followed by a melodic bit, just echoing that. Then the trumpets and every all the horns started overtaking all the vocal parts. People stopped singing. People left because they got the shits of the band. Um, so around January, I eventually got the shits and contacted um, the person that was in charge of the band to be told that they're no longer doing it. And then they passed it on to someone else. We met with them last Thursday to discuss, um, you know, how can we move forward. We asked them to not attend um, on Sunday because we want to try a few things. Um, they didn't show up to the retro round, not because we didn't ask them, but because it was a retro round and it was uh, problematic for them to get there. So two things why they didn't show up to that. Uh, we asked them not to show up because we want to try it without them. Then we also, at the same time, we asked them to come back for the City game, but um, only play those melodic bits and only play the bits that we want them to. Then I asked for only two trumpets, only two trombonists and two horns, because that's all we want. I understand that um, the players need to rest, so if you have two of each, basically you're having three musicians at a time playing, because they won't all play at the same time, they just rest. I was told that you can't have that by the current leader of the group. I was told that if um, they, if I wanted that, then they had to bring a few drums as well, which we're not putting up with because they can't keep time. They, It's a snare drum. It doesn't sound right. It sounds like a friggin' marching band, and we don't want that. It sounds like the gridiron. We're not putting up with that shit. So... We uh, the club agreed. We agreed with the club and with the band that they would play during halftime because um, they've got their own commitments to the club. So they'll play before, at halftime, and after. They can do whatever they want. When they played during the game on the weekend, I can tell you everyone in the bay was pissed off. And well, they apparently were playing over the top of you guys. They and, were, or vice versa. Whatever. As soon as it was. they started. Everyone stopped chanting and just stood there and watched them and thought, oh, what are you doing? Can I now, ask a question about can, can the, I just the say members? This? Are they football fans who play instruments? No, that's the next thing I was going to say. musicians who've come to the football? Now, in this two-hour meeting that we had, 
we kept stressing, look, we want football fans first, musicians second. That is the most important thing. Well, the thing is that we look at Western Sydney, who provide the best active support, notwithstanding the TIFO on the weekend that has been seen in the A-League. That's what football subculture is about, that level of passionate, active support. Now, if the band and members... And also the way that, that the RBB get the crowd involved. I was like right up the top of ANZ on the Wanderers members' side, and as soon as the RBB started doing chants and they did the, the oh, oh... All of the Wanderers members got up and started clapping and getting into it. because they played through the PA. And that's what we want to do. And, and <laughs> something that our fans don't do. They only get into it when we tell it, when we do the We Sing for Yellow. Well, I think there's a bit of confusion there. I think that it's got to be about, um, you know, bits of everything there. I, I think there's a place for the band, but I think yeah. its place has been a little bit overstated at times and it has been to the detriment of chance. And if you detriment chance... All you're left with in the rest of the stands is the Mariners three clap. So if we if we had no active support chance there, no leadership for the chance of the entire stadium, then all that we would have is Mariners. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Which is the most boring There's, chant in the world. For every positive comment about the band you see on Facebook, I receive one negative comment uh, to my face saying, why can't you just tell the band to fuck off? Well, I'm in the middle well, of that. Well, it's like you said before, people in the bay don't like the band. People outside the bay like the band. Which now, it's not is even quite like that. I, well, it still me, feels no, 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 like but, it. So, right. So, we we have the band in, in the bay for 90 minutes a week, right? Now, when Darren used to go for a walk with the band, I used to go for a walk with him around the stadium. They're only in each bay for, what, 10 seconds? Just imagine, and then, so the band's idea was to go, oh, we'll go to another bay. I said, you know, after five minutes, they're going to tell you to sit down and shut up. And that was quite a shock to her, because she thought that everyone loves them. Everyone loves them, as long as they're nowhere near them. And as long as they're not standing in front of them. Exactly. They certainly can't stand in front of me in Bay 40, that's for sure, I'll be upset about that. I think there's a place for them. But it needs to be that they have some moments each half of the game that are coordinated properly with the Yellow Army so that there is no um, visible um, conflict there. And uh, to be honest, the primary thing to me, and, and I'm not a you know Yellow Army person, the primary thing for me is active support chance first, band as an addition to that, for a short period of time. There are certain chants that the band has played in over the last year or two that I don't think they should get into. There's one that goes... Yeah, I That's CCMFC. The amount of times I've told them not to play that, they don't fucking listen. It's just ridiculous. Well, So I've been in contact with a couple of people. We're going to try and get some football fans that actually play instruments. Well, hopefully then because what we can see is that they will inject themselves as an addition rather than a, uh, a competitor, which is what it appears to be. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're not going to have the band back in the bay, as it stands. Like, over the years, it was Yellow... Okay, so it was Marinators, then it was Coasty Boys, then it was Yellow Army. And then the band came in, and then everyone thought, oh, there's no more Yellow Army, it's just the fucking band. And it's... The band just, for some reason, were band and like just everything mm. and it's, it's not the way it is the band won't work by itself As i like the band but there's too much or they had become too much of it and that has degenerated to friction the amount of people that are left in the last few years because of the band is just ridiculous like look don't get me wrong i i feel that 
the band or a band, not the Mariners Brass Band, will help active support tremendously. There are certain parts, like I said earlier, where the band is just uh, like amazing. It pushes the sound along. It drives the rhythm. It drives the volume. But at the moment, it's not working. No, no. It's the balance. That's what's needed. Not too much. Not too little. It's not no band, but it's not all band. Anyway, that's where we're at. So all you people were asked about the band, that's it. And I'll tell you what, I'm loving all these outside criticisms about um, active support. Let's not have a go at the people that are actually putting in and doing it. Let's have a go at the people like yourselves that aren't. Get involved, peeps. Here's your chance on Sunday. Get up to the F3 derby. Get in that bay like I'm going to for my second or third time this year. And um, I don't know, you know if there's a stigma around active support, but it's not like it's it's inclusive, if you know what I mean. Like you can't just go, you can't go there, and someone will say, "Oh, you you can't come in here because you're not one of the active people." We don't care if you it's you're another person, you're another person in the bay. That's a good thing for us. We need numbers because we're the smallest club. We need then all the numbers we can get. And our stance to the question, I don't know the chance. Well, come to the bay. That's the only way you're going to learn them. We oh, can post them up. God. We can do flyers. They'll turn into planes. We've tried that before. Just come to the bay and learn the songs. It's not that hard. It is inclusive. There is no age discrimination. And I won't be this shitty on there. the day. And, uh, yeah, learning the chants. Get into it and you'll learn the chants. I don't know all the chants and I don't care. I'm chanting anyway. It's always, it's always the people that aren't inactive that have... The, the biggest opinions about how active support should be when they don't know what active support is. That's the thing that really gets me about all of oh, this. As for TIFOs as well, we used to do TIFOs all the time. Um, at quite expensive. I'll be honest, I can't afford to do it at the moment. I, I've got a mortgage and I can't afford to do TIFOs. I also don't have tr- a tremendous amount of time. I love doing them. Um, and the other reason is our usual spot for doing it uh, got knocked down to build this place. So we're looking for another room, another place, and we're looking for funding as well. Um, if we keep dwindling the numbers, though, by making people feel like they don't want to be there, then there won't be any funding, there won't be any no. TIFO, there won't be any chant leadership, there won't be any atmosphere, to be honest. On average, a TIFO can cost anywhere between two and, say, 400 $500. But it's probably the work. Um, that's and there's a lot of work the go- that's involved in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, remember the Hutch? You've got to have numbers and the, you've got to the, have passionate people. The last game that Hutch played at home, there was a great TIFO and the, I don't know how much, how much work, because that was sort of the, around the time I started getting more involved in the Yellow Army was around that time of Hutch's banner and I sort of helped set it up and helped keep it up when it, when when he played that game. But um, Well, the biggest one that we've done is the um, the stadium TIFO. The Our Coast, Our Home? Yeah. That That's the biggest one that we've done. Yeah, that would have been a lot of work. That was, yeah, quite a bit of work. I think that took a full day. Um, obviously, I, I drew it up at home and then I'd take my projector down then we stencil it up. I think it took like... We had to move the projector left to right and then lift up the TIFO and then move it left to right again just to stencil it all. So it took yeah. a while to do that one. Well, it, it's it's tough work to to make a TIFO. It's not, you can't just do it in one in one go like you've got to have what yeah. a couple of days a couple of days at least of planning then a couple of days of organizing it and then a couple of days of doing it so you can't just do one up the day before and have it ready to go yeah look it the longest uh, time period is painting 
So your sewing, depends how big it is, your sewing will take um, anywhere from half an hour to uh, two hours, depending how big it is. Yeah. And you stencil it up, that could take an hour, two hours, depending how complex the design is, and then painting, obviously, the same, and then drawing. So Funding, this will be controversial, Go but, on. but I pay a membership fee to the OSC, and I'd like to think that somehow that, money that i think is invested in uh, match day atmosphere etc and i know that it is for some things along the lines of pirate day etc i'd like to think that fans could coordinate well enough so that some of that money and no doubt there is some in the bank could be used so that we could all enjoy tifos at home oh there there's controversy I would, for you if i could grab a dollar of everyone that walked into that stadium not even a dollar 50 cents we could fund a few tifos for the season. Well, yeah. I'm paying 20 bucks a year for my membership of the OSC, always have, and uh, I'd like to think that it was actually contributing to a visible um, atmosphere improvement. And I think that one way that they could do that is to put some money into Yellow Army Tifo. Yeah, anyway, there we are. Well, that's something to work on pretty much for next season, isn't it? No, well, that's the problem. It's always next season. Yeah. And it's, it's always the same five or six people doing it. It's always the same five or six people showing up time after time, doing it. No one else gets involved. Well, you know that I'd turn up for sure. There, there's another one for the five and six that you're talking about for the yeah. TFOs. Well, one of those five or six is gone. Yeah. So. And that's and a lot of people have been burned out by this, haven't they? Like, you know, come and gone. Mm. We miss their passion, really. <laughs> Let's play a happy song. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Is this going to lift the mood, guys? No. Nah. We can't just, lift just the wait mood. for the chorus to hit. I'm going to talk about tipping. And all right, cool. Give us your tipping report. There's nothing. There's nothing good to talk about for you and I, Jimmy. So and all. Uh, we'll give it to me, Doctor. This week. <laughs> this week, Josh. With glad you say Doctor. Then, <laughs> Josh continues to maintain his lead uh, on 43 points, followed closely, no, by Jimmy and Aaron on 37 points, and Not good uh, enough. Dragging the rear up is uh, Luke on 33 points. Yes, that's Luke at the rear. And this week, Josh <laughs> Josh had two tips. He tipped the bloody draw when the rest of us tipped Perth or Brisbane. And uh, we got a tip each, Jimmy, Aaron and Luke, for um, tipping City over Wellington. That was hard, wasn't it? Oh, it's, I didn't see that one coming, to be honest. That was like mm. the only, like, oh, probably them and victory winning were probably the two most obvious results. I didn't see I, I thought pr- probably Brisbane should have won in Perth hmm. but yes. I'm, I'm glad to get the draw in that and then obviously Wanda is um, upsetting Sydney in the derby yeah so I've, I've been considering calling uh, Josh the invincible because uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's basically leading by at least as much as Sydney is beating victory so at this point we're going backwards boys so what happens to the person that gets last Luke. they get taken out the back and shot uh, there must be Better think on that. Some sort of forfeit? Yeah, better think they're, on they're, that. They get locked in a room and the only thing they can go on the internet for is the Mariner's Facebook. <laughs> Anything this else This is meant is to be a happy space, Josh. A happy it space. It is happy. They get to comment on the Mariner's Facebook all the time. And we're laughing at our crapness in terms of tipping. So, And I just want to point out, I don't know how many games there's been, but 43, that's a horrendous effort because there's probably been 143 games. Don't forget we're going to tip Mariner's Shut up. True, just because, true. Just because you're not first, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I've got nothing else to throw at you, so <laughs> I'd I'd say it's probably like what forty three out of what one 
110 or something. So I've got like 40% of the games right, so get that up, yeah. At least you're on track to get more tips right than my age. The rest of us, well, <laughs> that's still out. I'm at the, I'm, I'm, I'll aim for 0.500. <laughs> Just aim for half. I'll take half. Um, that's my tips report. Can you, okay. Beep, 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 beep. Tips report. <laughs> I have a Speaking lo- look, of tips, I mention, anyone see that tip? Oh, no. Shut up. Whenever I mention um, the podcast to people online, they're like, oh, how do I listen to that? What are you talking about? It, what, we're how, three quarters of the way into the season? Two thirds? The word's um, getting out, but it's a bit slow. Slowly. Mm-hmm. If you're listening oh, to this... Oh, what's a podcast? How do I listen up. to it? I don't know. If you're listening to this, share it to other Mariners fans. If you see a stupid comment... Post it in there. Send it to Mike Cockrell. He might learn something. He about, might. Um, Charles send send it to me and then I'll post a hateful comment back to the person. <laughs> and can I just say to all of the other geriatrics like me, you don't need any special equipment. You don't need anything technical. You don't need anything. Just click on the link. Just Guess what? Brick you need, all you need is a bloody computer and an internet connection and you're ready to go. A computer of any type. Everything from a phone to an I iPad mean, it, to a if, computer it, to a... If you don't own a computer, go to the library and listen to it because the library's always got computers and internet. Turn it up really you're loud preaching there. preaching to the choir. Turn it, turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up at the library and let everyone listen to it. Perfect. Uh, are you happy enough? I'm happy. I'm happy. Good. All right, we're joined by a statistician extraordinaire, Andrew Howe. How are you, mate? Hi, guys. Really good, thank you. Good to be on. First up, uh, how do you keep all of the archive data that you would need to maintain the stats, Andrew? I mean, paper or or some other? Um, yeah, it's all, all a bit much to, to, to put on paper now. That's, that's how I started, just jotting down things in exercise books and, and folders and that sort of thing. But, yeah, no, it's important to have a, a, a database that you can easily add and you can manage and you can get things that come out of it in different formats. So things, you know, simple things for, for, for graphics for Twitter, for example, or, or complex tables or, um, yeah, so yeah, because, yeah, rely on a database. Because um, you, that's, you that's regularly... Because you regularly come up with uh, really interesting kind of aside statistics during A League matches, we love that. And um, but Good. but it's hard to imagine how you can actually do that. Have you got some sort of you know a person passing post-it notes, or is uh, computer alerts popping up to say there's just been a, a new stat developed, or how does that work? Yeah, just, no, just just yeah, it's just keep an eye, especially A League games, but also national team games. Keeping an eye on yeah when the that the lineups are announced, so look look for things like youngest players or oldest players, um, or whether there's an, a an outlying number of people born in a particular country. They're, they're sort of the mainstream stuff, but I, I do like to look at and, and sorry, just going back to it, yeah, because it's it's really interesting analysing, um, you know, given our international dimension, you know, where players are from. It's been a huge rise in in, in our. Yeah, the the top goal scorers in the A League over the past few years are all suddenly they're all imports. Um, that wasn't always the case, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's interesting looking back at the early years of the National Soccer League, which started in '77, to see some correlations there. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's you, know, you, you keep an eye out for for players announced. 
um, look for mainstream things, but also like looking for, for the trivial stuff, as I think you're implying there. Like there might be a, um, uh, more than usual number of players with short names or long names or all that sort of thing. Yeah, those are the ones and then, that, yeah, look, you know, yeah, they really sort of have a little impact there on the fans and we're all scratching our heads thinking, how on earth did you come up with that stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I've been doing it for a while, so <laughs> you, you pick up ways of um, doing meaningful and non-meaningful stuff. But yeah, it's all fun. Then, yeah, look, as the game uh, kicks off and progresses, if there's an early goal or if there's a couple of quick goals, um, then, yeah, look into things like um, when was the last time yeah, a couple of goals have been scored in quick succession, or um, and then yeah, you can merge the the mainstream with the with the bizarre stuff. You know, when was the last time? Yeah, there might be two goals scored in two minutes. Okay, that might have happened plenty of times before, but you know, maybe they're scored by players of the same initials or something like that. So yeah, just 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 doing that sort of stuff, looking out for looking out for a little outlets there. Now, you mentioned that you work that, or you mentioned off air that you work at the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Um, do you ever get bored of stats? Like, do you take a lot of your stuff home? Uh, yeah. Um, do, do you I ever switch sorry, off? The answer is no, and the answer to the first part of the question is no, I don't get bored. And um, yes, I often take stuff home. And uh, I do have a little bit of a break, you know, like when I'm getting the when I'm riding my bike home, but, um, yeah, I often it's get home and get scared on the computer. Yeah, it's just um, how some people are. <clears throat> Do you dream stats? Um, uh, uh, no, I don't think that's, so. That's no, a yes. no. Only no. 60% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how did yeah. you sort of yeah, get no, into all this? Been... Sorry to interrupt. Uh, into the, the football side? or Yeah, um, like, like, how did you start yeah. all, the, all the football yeah, stats I... and... Yeah, I grew up in um, I grew up a, a big rugby league fan in Sydney, um, big Sharks fan. Just um, lived down the road from Cronulla's home ground, and for some, I, I still don't, I can't remember the reason. One weekend we decided to go to one of these soccer games. I knew nothing about soccer really, so I went to a, um, a national league game, Apia versus Marconi, big Italian derby. Um, at a lovely ground in, in Sydney, inner Sydney, um, Lambert Park. And I was just hooked from that day. I just thought, whoa, this is, I've been missing this in my um, conservative upbringing in, in the Shire. <laughs> um, this, this completely new dimension. It was mainly the atmosphere, I must admit, rather than the, the game itself, that first game. Okay, so I suddenly became a fan, um, 1988 that was, and... I'd always been a numbers person. I used to collect stats on rugby league when I was a little kid, and I guess I was good at maths at school. I wanted to know more about soccer, about the NSL, about these clubs. Um, but there wasn't much out there in terms of yearbooks, or obviously the internet wasn't a thing then. So I just had to start creating my own records, and it just um, I just kept going and going, and I'm still still going. This is you know I'm, I'm still work still building up a database um it's obviously you know there's a lot in that database now but always adding things to it over time um and yeah look it was just basically wanting to know more about the game but not having enough information out there so i thought why not do it myself so how do you actually do the collecting part of it do you do it all yourself by you know having a little computerized press the button for every tackle every um, goal scored um do or do you have a team of counters and analysts that are um, yeah. working through games for you yeah I, I, should, I should say that generally 
look, there are professional companies that do that high-level match, um, live match stuff nowadays. So I, I basically don't bother competing with those. I mean, they're, they're you know, um, there's Opta, there's um, Fox Sports have their own stats department now that do all that sort of stuff. So look, I, I don't do too much of that analytical stuff in, in, in terms of passes and that. So where, where I come into it is, is you know, more the historical stuff, but... Yeah, you know, bringing the historical stuff into a, a con contemporary sort of perspective. So yeah, look, it, it's it's a lot of um, just manually. Uh, well, I've got a database where you know entering basic match details doesn't take too long. Um, so you know, so what I'm talking about is lineups, goals, times. Um, and then once you link those events with players and link the players with countries where they're from or birthplaces is, is all this, this interconnectivity that happens when you know we, you update the match details with basic information but then it brings in because the way the database is connected to other components um, it, it, it ends up making for um, yeah, a lot of dimensions that can be um, explored from those basic details so um, yeah, so things like player backgrounds, things like um, um, oh, just with the national teams. You know, you obviously got the international dimension of, of of opponents and where they're from and venues and all that sort of stuff. There's there's a lot of complex fun stuff you can do without going down to the passes and tackles and complete and all that. And as I say, I'll you know leave all that to the to the to the real pros. <laughs> So, so the, you mentioned the NSL before. A League mm. or NSL? How do the statistics stack up? Which is better? Which is better? It's <laughs> a big question. Oh God! It's um. Which is more entertaining? It, it's funny that. Which is more entertaining? Oh man, there's just. Oh, I'm going to wuss out here. It's just <laughs> they each had their own entertaining aspects. I mean, you know. In terms of publicity and crowds and TV ratings, you just you know the A League wins hands down. Um, but you know there's there's a lot of great interesting stuff from, from NSL times um, that um, that that I love. Um, you know, especially including things like the ethnic backgrounds of, of, of teams and their players and that sort of thing. Um, um, there were a whole lot more teams in the NSL for three years. There, we had 24 teams. Um, um, so that, and, and there was a lot of toing and, and moving to and from state leagues. So there was all, all that interesting stuff that came that was happening in, in NSL times. Um, yeah. So look, there's I, I I love the A League, but also love the the NSL. Um, as to you know, which league was better? I've, I've heard that question. People ask that question, and. <sighs> It's, I don't know. People, you can generally tell what people are going to, how people are going to respond to that. It's, it's, there's you know, the A League lovers and the A League haters. What's that? Judging by their last name. Oh, not necessarily. No, no, not necessarily. It's just, um, um, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, uh, you know what you're trying to say. It's okay. You don't need to finish it. No, no. It's, 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 you can't compare. And, you know, there's some really good entertaining NSL games, but it, um, there are some really 
crappy, boring ones, and it happens with the A League as well. It's just, um, you know, um, if you consider it's a much more professional environment now, then then I, I guess that's implying that the A League is a more, you know, a, a, a better product. But um, you know, there are other aspects that that you know um, that people would argue make would, would say the NSL is a better product. So. Yeah, well, not sure where well, I'm going with this. But. No, we, we kind of guessed it. Um, we have the derby coming up this weekend. Statistically, who is better, us or the Jets? Oh, man, you should have given me a bit of warning with this. <laughs> oh, I thought you would have seen this one coming. The odds are on. <laughs> um, let's go to the A-League. Do you have it at your fingers guide. all the time? Um, yeah, look, I... I I don't remember stuff nowadays. I <laughs> have a quick look at the database. But the thing is, like, you know, one of my jobs is, is putting together the official A-League season guide. So I can go... I know I know where to go. And, and so overall, there is a very even record between um, Newcastle and, and Central Coast. So we're basically on the same number of wins before this season. And, oh, I can't remember what the uh, results were this before season. Before probably, what, clubs. last season, we were probably a bit ahead, but because of how bad we were last season, it's probably yeah. can't come back a bit to us. Up until the end of season 13-14, um, you guys were, were well ahead, and, yeah, yeah, as you say, it's come back a bit. Yep. Mm, yeah, well, we know without looking at the stats, how bad the last couple of seasons were. <laughs> mm, yeah. mm. Well, there's a club below you, though, this year. It's been a pretty amazing fall from grace for, for Adelaide United. Yeah, are they, okay, so you do support Adelaide United being a... Adelaide oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll have to, I'd have to say yes. Yep, I try to be an unbiased statistician, but, um, yeah, when it comes to... Uh, um, yeah, because I, when the when Adelaide United started, okay, their, their first year was the last year of the NSL. Um, I was involved in the club. I put together their, their match day program, and yeah, so I've just um, considered myself sort of a, a part of the club. Um, and yeah, we um, we won a, a grand final last year. So I've, up until last year, like I said I grew up in rugby league with Cronulla Sharks, and um, into a, more of a, a soccer fan with Adelaide United, and I'd never supported a team that had won a grand final until last year. And now, <laughs> you both got two, teams have you won got a grand two in a row there. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm the only only one of the three that's here that's also a league fan, so I was definitely um, getting what you meant by uh, the going from NRL to soccer because that's what I did before the Mariners came in. I was pretty hardcore rugby league fan, but as soon as the Mariners came mm-hmm. in, being from the coast. I got on the Mariners pretty quickly, and now I'm a fan of both. And oh, I had a question about uh, that sort of the code wars. Do you think the code wars are mm-hmm. stupid? And how a uh, so, uh, social media, the rise of social media, has seen how um, people of different who support different codes are, are sort of always going on about whose code's better. What's what mm-hmm. do you think about all of that? Ah, uh, well, it's all sort of. It's all subjective, isn't it? Then. We need... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You need... A, a, a lot of it pisses me off, but, you know, in the end, it's like, well, it's, as long as, you know, it gets people talking, it's, it's um, you know, it, the passions come out, you know. A lot of passion drives sport, and a lot of passion comes from hating other things. So, um, you know, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be a pretty boring country world if... If we didn't have 
people bagging out other sports or other teams. Or, Twitter would be pretty boring um, without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot less frustrating too. But, um, <laughs> Have you seen that new dating yeah, app I, where people meet based on what, what they, they hate? hate? Yep, yeah, saw that. Ah, oh, well, that's not a surprise to hear at all. Mm. <laughs> imagine how boring Derby's yeah. would be if we didn't have hate. Yeah, imagine if we got <laughs> on with the Jets. That's, exactly. Oh, my God. Do not yeah, well, it often, it's a unifying force, isn't it, having the same <laughs> enemies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In that case, yeah, it is. But, yeah. Oh, within reason, of course. Within, yeah. So is there a favourite player over the years that you thought, was like sort of like your favourite player that you've done stats on, and one uh, also is it your favourite player that you've seen play? Um, I've always had a soft spot for for the players who came from former Yugoslavia. Um, it's amazing the impact these guys have had. The Croats, the Serbs, Macedonians, especially those three. Um, yeah, so I've always had a thing for. So Milana Vanovic, who was um, who came out to Australia from Red Star Belgrade in, in, in Serbia, well then Yugoslavia in the late 80s, and um, you know, quickly um, yeah, made Adelaide's Australia Adelaide's new home, and um, it's amazing he made his debut for the Socceroos at age what about 30 or so, and he ended up being one of the highest um, appearance makers for the national team, despite well very high anyway, not one of the highest, but. Um, um, yeah, so these guys who have, um, um, yeah, there's Mehmet Jurakovic was another favourite of mine. We're talking players from the 90s here. Um, I remember that name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was that old. Oh, he um, was brought up in, in Montenegro, um, well, now Montenegro, um, although, yeah, switched between Melbourne and Montenegro there. Yeah, he was, he was a, a good player there. Um, got a bit of a soft spot for defenders because I'm a try-hard defender myself when I play. <laughs> Um, the Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, speaking um, of that, what do you think of um, Fox Sports Defenders round? I was, I was fine with it. God, the amount of crap that got on Twitter. Just get over <laughs> it. It's fun. Man. So you Again, say the oath like... before every game then, Andrew? <laughs> Statistician's <laughs> oath. <laughs> oh, God, the amount of... Um, crap that went on about Defender and it was just a harmless little added little dimension for a game that I thought was just a bit of fun so what would you say is your all time favourite stat one that really sticks out um, generic question um, um, from any of your codes it'd be like, oh it'd be like picking your favourite child wouldn't it to be honest I thought you would be a cricket fan due to the amount of stats that are in that game yeah, again, I'm sort of a bit like what I was saying before at the live stat stuff. There's enough people doing that now, and it's like um, I couldn't add anything to it. Oh, and, and, yeah, I'm not necessarily. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, there's enough people who do that sort of thing. There's not enough people who do NSL stats. <laughs> um, yeah, geez, I'm trying to think of a favourite stat. I don't, I don't know. Um, um, oh man. I remember um, seeing something about how was it Asperopodomides was more oh, than half. Oh, is he something to do with his surname? Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, you've given me a good lead now. Yeah, so th- we've had a couple of um, so he, uh, Jonas Propotomides was the f- no, 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 it was. Oh, 
I now forget because all these things happen around the same time. This must be your whole okay, life. Was... You've got this wealth of information there just sitting at your fingertips and you're trying to recall it's it. All would... clouded. It's all clouded in it's my brain curse, now. It's a curse, isn't um, it? Mm, um, it was either a product of my media or um, maybe I'm thinking of the... Um, the WN the, the WWL player um, Jacinta Galabetta Arachichi, who was the first player <laughs> to have more surname letters in her surname than was um, years old. Yes, um, oh, yeah. I remember seeing that on Twitter. I'm thinking, wow, that is that is an yeah. amazing stat, impressive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, Jacinta Galabetta Arachichi, who plays for Melbourne City, um, was the first National League player of any any code born wow. in the 21st century. Yep. Um, and yeah, she's also got this, this beautiful surname, which has an amazing amount of letters. So yeah, you can you can play with those those uh, dimensions. I thought the first twenty um, first century player was Ellie Carpenter, or is she ninety nine? She's um, uh, okay. I can get a bit anal here and talk about when the twenty first century started. Oh, um, here we go. Oh, this old debate. Remember yeah. that argument? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, talking about Y two K here, or? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, totally agree. No, I'm, year I'm one a... was what year? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So year 2001 was the first year of the 21st century. I totally so agree. So very good oh, with okay. Ellie Carpenter, yes. I think she was the first player born in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, yeah, so recently we've had, um, uh, two weeks ago, Melbourne City game, we had um, Thomas Sorensen, 40-year-old goalkeeper, and Dylan Piraeus, 16-year-old uh, defender. That was the biggest age gap between players on, on the same team over almost 24 years. Um, the biggest age gap in any National League game in history. Um, so that was a bit of fun. I that, remember, that, I remember that, saying, that I think it was whoever was on commentary said um, Sorensen had already had so-and-so caps for Denmark before uh, he was born. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I've got a couple of oldies um, playing in that well. Um, and recently, Ante Kovic. None of them will, will get close to the old. Well, the oldest ever player in the National League. I don't know if any of you guys know who that was. Um, it was uh, Bobby Charlton. Oh, wow. Bobby Charlton, English uh, international from the 60s and 70s, who made a guest appearance for um, for Blacktown City as a 42-year-old I in 1980. I did not know that he played for uh, in Australia. Mm, he Gosh. played for Newcastle in 1978. And then he played for um, for Blacktown in, in 1984, I think it was. Just just guest appearances. Wow. So what, um, what happens when you go to parties? Do people come up to you and ask you stupid questions like <laughs> we've done? Occasionally. And then and I'm not able to answer again. Like You guys asked me my favourite stat. <laughs> I didn't actually answer that. Um, yeah, sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's harder to recall stuff now. I don't know if my brain's just getting too cluttered with meaningless crap. Um, Laura would know yeah, all about that. that. <laughs> He's got his scrolls. Every week he writes down like 10 pages worth of information just so he can get home again. Well, I've got to read it. Yeah. And if I haven't read it in the last 10 seconds, I've forgotten it by the time I get to the end of the <laughs> sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's all fun. All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you for joining us this okay. week, Andrew. It's, um, no worries. Yep. I'll have to talk to you again. I, I, I love stats, to be honest. I, I know you I, do I like stats. That's why yep. I like follow, following yep. you on Twitter. Like, you always come up with a pretty obscure stat that everyone usually yeah, gets around and retweets. Yeah, yeah, try not to go overboard. And sometimes, I, um, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a balance there between having too much crap or just having all trivial stuff and people don't 
take it as seriously. And I, I like to balance the trivial with the oh, we love trivial stuff. Here. stuff. That's, yeah, that's yeah. All we everyone, love. everyone does. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's often the, the, the they're the one often the ones that get um get a, a shout out on, on Fox Sport or, or something like that or um outlets like that. All right, we'll, we'll have to uh, get you back for a uh, season review at the end of the season if if you're good with that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That sounds like fun. Oh, great. Well, thanks for joining us. Really good to chat with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being on. Great. Preview time. First game is Melbourne City at home against Sydney FC. Who are the refs going to pick to favour in this one? It's tough for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tough one. Well, I mean, you either favour uh, the god, Tim Cahill... Oh, bearded messiah Alex Brosk. Mm. Well, after or last week, even the Arbino messiah Matty Simon. After last week, don't they owe Sydney FC a bit of favouritism? Probably, and they did give um, FFA Cup to City, so yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no idea. I'm going to go draw. Yeah, so am I. I think this though could be a real um, ding dong. I'm going to go high score and draw. I think it'll be a decent game. Yeah, because it's a, it, it could it could go either way. It could be a high scoring draw, or it could be a um, cancel each other out situation. Because there's a lot a, a lot in this game. If uh, if City can knock over Sydney, that'll help Melbourne victory get closer to Sydney and really put them in range for a uh, late. That's charge. an interesting point. City doing or oh, victory fans thinking oh. Our biggest rival, our biggest, our two biggest rivals are going at it, and if City win, they have more a chance to catch them in exactly. the in the Premier's plate race. So it's an interesting one. For yeah, I'm going to sit with you too. I think draw on this one. Draw. Yep. Definitely draw. First game on Saturday: Brisbane at home against Wellington. Brisbane's form so hard dictates that um, Brisbane playing tonight as well on the ACL Tuesday night. Um... Brisbane are at home in that one, and they're at home here, so I'm going to go Brisbane. I'm tipping Brisbane as well. I, the, the way Wellington were last week, Brisbane, Brisbane could play Not every, just last week. Yeah, I know. That, but Brisbane could play every night Pretty this sure Wellington, still, Wellington's still last win was that 1-0 against us. I think that was yeah. their last win. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Brisbane as well. They're horrible. Right, victory at home against Adelaide. Oh, that'll be decent. Definitely victory. I'd yeah, say, victory, I'll say victory, victory, victory should probably win that, yeah. Yep, and that'll, I'm happy with that for the table as well. Yeah, well, as I've said, I don't mind Adelaide winning as long as we keep winning. Like, whoever Adelaide beat, they take points off, which lets us catch them. I don't think we're going to catch a victory, so I'm fine with victory winning this one, yep. which I'm going to tip. But if Adelaide, say, come up against um, Wanderers or Perth Glory, I'm Wellington. more than happy for... Yeah, or Wellington, I'm more than happy for Adelaide to win. Mm. Yeah, all right. Last game. Another late one. Perth at home against Wanderers. It's not the last game, is it? No, no, on Saturday, yes. Ah, another another triple letter on Saturday. We got the Perth Snooze first 10 o'clock kickoff. Um, I'm just going to go Perth because they're at home and Wanderers have played midweek in the ACL. I'm going with Perth as well, but both are so inconsistent. It's almost impossible to tip them with any sort of faith at all. They haven't, um, even at home, they haven't had any consistency. And uh, so absolutely no confidence again in tipping them, but tipping Perth. I'm going to go for a draw, mainly because I think Perth's backline isn't strong enough to deal with uh, Wanderers attacking. But Wanderers got unlucky against us, or we got lucky against them. Um, I think uh, the Wanderers' attack is stronger than Perth's defence, so I think that Wanderers can do it. 
going out on a limb there. Right, last game is the derby. Newcastle at home against us. We automatically tip us, but how do you think we're going to go? Oh, this is this is a really tough one to pick, isn't it? It is. But yeah, I've... well, the Jets were garbage against Victory last week. Adelaide. No, sorry, Victory the week before. When oh, they played up there. Yeah. Um, really important match. I'd for say us. if you put if we put last week's or Sunday's result behind us, hopefully that hasn't knocked the confidence of the of the team. But I feel as if we might be going into this one maybe as favourites. Do you think? With Monty back, I hope so. Yes. And with Bugatti out for them, who's well, not their main centre back. Also with Malalea. Malalea. I still. Maintain that the only person I rate in the entire Jets team is Nordstrand. I think he's very good. N- Naboo has scored goals, but I still don't think he's. Do you think he's gone amazing. off the boil? No, not really. I think just if we just contain the wings with Naboo and who else plays on the wing for them? Hull contain those wings and their attack isn't the greatest. Even with their wings, their attack isn't the greatest. So. Uh, I can definitely see a draw, but I'm hoping we can scrape across the line and get a win because we definitely need the three points. It's been since early November since we played them. So, and um, we also haven't beaten them away for a while. Yeah, I think we're due. So do I. We're definitely due because obviously last season they, they beat us twice at home, which was unacceptable. So we needed to get one back and beat them at home. So um, if, you're not, if you're thinking about going, please do. Get on a bus. Lend your voice. Need all the help we can get there. Get, but to, the, uh, get to Newcastle, have a, have a sausage sanger for lunch, have a couple of beers or a couple of ciders or whatever you like and uh, get to the ground and cheer us on because the lads definitely deserve it. And we need the three points, so cheer them on. And it'll be worth it. I reckon we can get the points here. Our boys will be looking for some redemption after last week because we really weren't that good and they'll be feeling that. They know they weren't. A we fresh Monty best. back in. Fresh very, Monty very back good. in. Very important. And I reckon he'll be looking to make up for a bit of lost time there. So, um, so yeah, get in. I think we can do it. And I think we can certainly contain about and um, other um, you know players from up there. <laughs> You're saying about. <laughs> about. Is Nabbit? that how you say Nabbit? it? Nabbit. Naboot. Naboot. Who? That bloke who keeps getting lucky. I've had a different What's name for oh, Nabbit every week that we've mentioned him, and I'll have a different so one next from, week too. So it's gone from Nabbit to Naboot, now Nabba. Nabat. Absolutely. Nabat. Next week it'll be Nabbit. So, yeah, I'm hoping we can get the win, but I won't be at all surprised if it's a draw. I'm not even thinking about us losing because I don't think it's not we'll, an option. I don't think we'll lose. No. A- right. And if we do lose, it's my fault because I just said that next week. This goes out to all the crazies on Mariners Facebook who criticise the team for their shit performance um, and are saying how disgusting it was, etc., etc. Just really? calm down. It's one loss after People three People were saying wins. it was disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Pathetic oh was God. one Horrible. Yeah, pathetic. Pathetic got to run. Yeah, so, you know, we could do a stupid things on Facebook, but we're not going to bother because... Because we're pathetic. I think enough people shouted them down. And keep continuing to do that, listeners. Um, <laughs> just keep shouting those people down and um, hopefully they'll eventually disappear. Anyway, that's what? it for this week's show. Um, thank you for listening. You got anything else to say? Just missing Luke. Missing Luke? Yeah. Oh, we'll probably give him a call with credits and see how we go, how he's going. Good, well, good idea. We need his tips. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you for Sideline. Thank you to Sidelines again. 
Uh, thank you, all the listeners. Um, Got to shout out to Todd again because he keeps annoying me. And Doris. Anyone else you want to shout out to? Shout no? out! Shout out to everyone who listens. So we'll give a shout out to what five people maybe? Yeah. Fred and Rebecca. Yeah. Shout out to Bill and Karen and Joe. Who's Bill and Joe? Oh no! I just made that. <laughs> shout out to Joe Blogs. <laughs> I didn't have anyone to shout out to, so there you go. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Where have I heard this song before? Is this on a FIFA soundtrack? Yes. I knew it was. I've heard it before. Like FIFA 08 or FIFA 09 or something? Uh, so it's earlier than that. Artist and song name. Moby. Body Rock. I'm right now. I'm most likely at work where I can't get any reception. I'll call you back as soon as possible. Bye. He doesn't love us. Luke, pick up the phone, you dickhead. We need tips. Yep. You don't City, love us. Sydney, Brisbane, Wellington. We need your tip. Victory, United, Perth, Glory, Wanderers, Jets, Mariners. Give us your tips, you dickhead. Love you. I enjoyed that segment. It was fun. I'll be particularly happy <laughs> after I have a piece. Well, <laughs> I'm doing that again. Ah, ha, 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 ha.